0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Muskegon History and Beyond, a podcast from the Lakeshore Museum Center. This episode will give a look at the man who had a theater empire in Muskegon, Paul J. Schlossman, or PJ, as he is affectionately known by staff and volunteers at the Frauenthal Theater. For the purpose of this podcast, I'll refer to him as Paul, since Schlossman is a bit of a tongue twister. Paul was born in 1878 in Chicago, Illinois. He married Gertrude in 1897, and the couple continued to live in Chicago. Paul was a clothing salesman, often traveling for his job. This allowed Gertrude, Paul, and their daughter Pauline to see much of Michigan and Wisconsin, and they even lived in Madison, Wisconsin for a time. In 1907, Paul, Gertrude, and their daughter Pauline moved to Muskegon. Paul was president of the Square Company, purveyors of clothes and shoes. His first appearance in the Muskegon Chronicle is in July of 1909, when he is written as the hero who saved his swimming companion, wireless operator Irving, from drowning in Lake Michigan. In the spring of 1939, Paul sold his interest in the Square Clothing Company and purchased three moving picture houses in Muskegon The Amuse. The Majestic, and the Elite. Beginning in 1914, the Chronicle wrote of Paul's desire to build a new theater on Western Avenue in the heart of the business district. This new theater would be the largest in town, capable of seating a thousand people. In January of 1915, the site of the future theater was purchased. It was situated just west of the Lyman block on Western Avenue in a building owned by Thomas Hume. That housed the Chamber of Commerce, Wasserman's Florist Shop, and the C.E. Sisson Clothing Store. By July of 1915, the new theater had a construction company and a name, The Regent. On January 17, 1916, The Regent Theater opened its doors to a crowd of 1,200 Muskegonites. For the opening, a play was performed instead of a film shown. This was a mix that would come to define enterprises by Paul's company, Schlossman Amusements. The theaters would have the capacity to show films, but also host vaudeville acts and plays on a stage. In August of 1916, Schlossman Amusements completed the purchase of another building in the Western Avenue Business District. This building, half of the Mason Block, would hold another new theater, the Rialto. On March 1, 1918, the Amuse Theater, the first moving picture house in Muskegon, closed its doors. The Amuse opened in 1906 and operated successfully for 12 years. But with the opening of the new Rialto Theater, Paul's company felt no need to continue operating the Amuse. The building was renovated and became a shoe store. In December of 1920, A new building on McKinney Avenue, now Broadway Avenue, in Muskegon Heights was constructed. This building was unique for Paul as it was constructed as a mixed use building. It was called the Strand and it would not only have a theater, but it would have storefronts and apartments. The theater opened on Christmas Day 1920 with a showing of The Luck of the Irish. Matinee admission was six cents for children and 17 cents for adults, while evening admission was 11 cents for children and 25 cents for adults. Throughout the 1920s, Paul and his company successfully operated several theaters, The Elite, Rialto, Majestic, Strand, and Regent. In late 1928 and early 1929, two of the theaters, first the Regent and then the Majestic, were wired with sound. Using the new RCA Photophone, Paul brought a new era of talking pictures to Muskegon. At the time of installation, only two other Michigan cities, Grand Rapids and Detroit, had sound in their theaters. The Muskegon Chronicle article said that Muskegon was, quote, to be one of the smallest cities with vitaphone, end quote. 1929 brought personal low points for Paul. His wife Gertrude died that year. Gertrude had contracted meningitis following surgery to remove a tumor. Gertrude was a large presence in Muskegon social circles, including the women's club. Her passing was noted by the Muskegon Chronicle and members of the community. Gertrude is buried in Rest Lawn Cemetery in Muskegon. On the business side of things, 1929 brought the purchase of a building on the corner of Western Avenue and 3rd Street. Paul's plans for this site were to erect the largest and grandest theater in Muskegon. Continental Realty bought the building and Paul's company would lease the theater that he designed along with architect C. Howard Crane of Detroit. Paul had previously worked with Crane on both the Regent and Strand theaters, along with the renovation of the Jefferson Theater. Initial reports said that the new theater would be named the Continental or the Judson Theater after Continental Motors president, Ross Judson. In early 1930, after Judson was removed from his position within Continental Motors, the plans for the theater changed. It would now be four stories instead of three, and it would be called the Michigan Theater. On September 16, 1930, the new theater opened with little fanfare. Paul had decided that for this theater, there would be no ceremony or special invitations. The theater would simply be open for the public to enjoy. The Michigan Theater was unique in that it was built with sound already installed. Paul's other theaters had to be renovated and updated with the sound equipment, but the Michigan Theater was built with it right in which allowed for it to begin with talking pictures immediately. On that opening day, the first film was Queen High, a movie about Broadway that starred Ginger Rogers and Charlie Ruggles. Tickets cost 30 cents for matinees and 50 cents for evening shows. The Chronicle wrote of the opening, the new building, completed and equipped at a cost of more than $600,000, Today takes a place of prominence among Muskegon's growing group of architectural gems. Symmetrical masses of brick and stone, which have replaced in the last half decade, a number of dilapidated tenement houses and ramshackle structures of another day. Located at Third Street and Western Avenue in the heart of the business district, the new edifice with its modern and ornate design and its cream colored terracotta exterior lends color and dignity to the lower end of the city's main thoroughfare. Particularly at night, with 1,500 incandescent lights aglow, the building is transformed into a marble-like monument of grace and beauty. End quote. An interesting note is the $600,000 construction cost, adjusting for inflation, would be $10 million to build today. With the opening of this new 1,700-seat Michigan theater, Paul's company made the decision to close the Rialto. After the opening of the Michigan and the closing of the Rialto, Paul remained as president of his company, but did not build any more theaters. During the 30s and 40s, he turned his attention to running his company, other business ventures, and giving money and acts back to the community. During the centennial celebration in 1937, Paul was one of the donors who gave money to establish a fund that would lead to the creation of the Muskegon County Museum. In the 1940 census, Paul is found living in North Muskegon with a housekeeper, Norma Palmer. In 1946, Norma's husband died and she and Paul were married in 1947. Paul died in 1950 and Norma in 1969. The couple is interred in the mausoleum at Evergreen Cemetery in Muskegon. After Paul's death, downtown Muskegon experienced many periods of decline and regrowth. Many of his former theaters met their fate at the hands of the wrecking ball. Paul's company itself was dissolved in the late 1960s. The Regent Theater, often thought to be Paul's favorite, Was demolished in 1972 to make way for the new Muskegon Mall. The Strand Theater in Muskegon Heights changed ownership and in the 1970s began showing adult films. In 1984, the owners were forced to shut down after being convicted on obscenity charges. On and off efforts since that time to show a variety of films have not been successful long term. The Strand Building is now owned by the City of Muskegon Heights. City leadership is currently working towards renovating the building to be a mixed-use space that fits the needs of today's residents. In 1976, the Michigan Theater, closed, boarded up, and with a wrecking ball outside, needed a miracle. A group of concerned citizens, who did not want to see the crown jewel of Muskegon's theaters destroyed, approached the Community Foundation for help. The Community Foundation of Muskegon County, though small at the time, had recently received a large gift from A. Harold Frauenthal, whose only desire for the money was that it be used for the good of the community. Thus, the Community Foundation used those funds to purchase the entire block along Western Avenue between 3rd and 4th Streets. The foundation operated the renamed Frauenthal Theater with a variety of entertainment but a building constructed in 1929 needed renovation for modern use. The first change was the transformation of the neighboring Hilt building into a backstage area, dressing rooms, and a new smaller theater, the Beardsley. The Community Foundation worked throughout the 1990s to secure funds for a larger renovation of the Frauenthal Theater. The work restored the theater to what it was when it opened in 1930. This included the painstaking reworking of the colorful interior, which had been redone in the 1950s in several shades of beige. This brings us to the Frauenthal Theater of today, standing in its full Gothic Spanish revival glory that Paul and Howard Crane envisioned almost a century ago. Paul himself is said by many to still be enjoying the theater. If you visit the Fraulenthal Theater for a concert, play, wedding, or performance, look closely at the front of the balcony. You may just see PJ in a top hat enjoying the performance as well. That is it for this episode of Muskegon History and Beyond, a podcast from the Lakeshore Museum Center. Thank you for listening.